Welcome to Kevin's Podcast Show. I am in my mobile studios today. So if the audio is not as crisp and clear for my dozens and dozen, dozens of the KPS faithful, I apologize. But we shall press on. Today we're going to take a look at almost going to war with Iraq in News versus News. Stand by. Hello there, Americans. Do you like getting your murk on? Do you like hearing about news of the day, news of the world, news of the country? Do you like bitching about Nancy Pelosi or listening about Trump? From all that in between, find it all on Kevin's podcast show. It's intricate, informative, and damn it, it's funny. Go Merka. Yay! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the spectacular KPS Arena. The World News Boxing Association is proud to present heavyweight action. Let's get ready to rumble. Okay, let's start with, I guess, CNN and the way that they're handling this situation. In case you don't know, in case you've been living under a rock, we almost went to war. Evidently, last week, uh, Iran bombed a tanker in the Strait of Hormuz or Hermaz or whatever it's called. They bombed an oil tanker or... Uh, maybe they set out some mines and they they were trying to pass it off as sabotage. Anyway, it's a big gum over there. It's always a big gum over there. These people can't wrap their heads around the idea that we need to all fucking get along, but whatever. Anyway, they also shot down one of our $130 million drones. The Iranians did. And so the president, uh, the Twitter-in-chief, Donald Trump, said... That he was going to retaliate. And right at the last second, right at the witching hour, if you will, he decided not to. Because, well, uh, I guess the military analyst told him that there was going to be 150 casualties if they bombed whatever they decided they were going to bomb. So, he said that was too many casualties. Uh, didn't, didn't warrant the possibility of 150 people dying over a drone being shot down that's showing some restraint i i don't know what that seems very uh thoughtful on the part of the president in my opinion but uh, you know of course some people's not gonna give it to it that way but anyway let's see what cnn has to say now that we've had a few days for this to percolate and kind of gel out and and come together and all that sort of thing let's see what cnn has to say about the deal It said that uh, inside Trump's Iran decision, I really watched him agonize over this, is a quote. Um, The tensions between President Donald Trump's bellicose rhetoric and his non-interventionist foreign policy instincts was on full display Thursday afternoon as he huddled in the Situation Room. Lawmakers in the room watched as the weight of his duties as Commander-in-Chief bore down on him. Lives were hanging in the balance. 
Trump did not tip his hand on which way he was leaning, focusing instead on drilling down on the differing perspectives and arguments leveled by the assembled lawmakers. Senate Foreign Relations Chairman John Reich said uh, that it was clear the uh, to the Idaho Republican that Trump is a president who doesn't want to go to war. I really watched him agonize over this, and it comes down to one man, Rice told a small group of reporters. The president was really wrestling with it. House Armed Services Committee Chairman uh, Adam Smith, a Democrat. Trump's own dilemma was met by a near-unanimous national security team who felt the U.S. should retaliate for a downed drone by striking Iranian targets. For the president, though, the answer was far from obvious. Ultimately, he pulled the plug on military strikes minutes before the point of no return. But a senior U.S. official said throughout the process, Trump was very invested and very serious. He was very much understood that the military could not predict for him what the Iranian response to the U.S. strike might be, and it remains a significant administration concern not to start a wider war. Amen. Because I'm telling you, as a libertarian, we don't need to be in any of this bullshit over there. This is thousands of miles away, and granted, it has repercussions on the on the world stage, but we are not the world police, or we shouldn't be. We do act as the world police, but we shouldn't be doing that. Uh, military officials are pleased Trump didn't order the strike because of this uncertainty. At the end of the day, many said they believe these Iranian attack, attacks on the tankers and the drone are basically a message that Iran wants to talk, and they have been telling the president this. So what's happening is is that the Iran deal, which he has abandoned, that was brought in during the Obama administration, and the uh, several billion dollars including over a billion dollars in cash that we delivered to them in this stupid iran deal that we sent over there hey here here's some money quit fucking with us that's stupid but anyway we did it the obama administration did it and then trump said nope we ain't gonna do that anymore and we're gonna put sanctions back in place and now iran is beginning to feel the pinch of that it took a little while but the pinchers are closing in, and it, it's squeezing them out a little bit. And this is their ideas that they want to, they want to put people to the negotiating table, which is the place that Trump needs to be anyway. So, on Friday, the talk had turned to sanctions. We have additional avenues of sanctions pressure. Uh, to impose, we have gotten additional sanctions for sure. I would say that the president is thinking about military options. The primary thing we're thinking about right now is additional sanctions. This official, however, cautioned that the president has not taken military action entirely off the table. It is an option for the president that he maintains all the time, and it is really the president's call. Trump was still wrestling with how to respond to Iran's downing of a U.S. drone as he addressed reporters in the Oval Office on Thursday. You'll find out, Trump warned ominously as reporters peppered Trump with questions in the Oval Office about how he planned to retaliate. They made a very big mistake. Um, Further pressed, Trump explained that he didn't just view that mistake as a strategic miscalculation that Iran would dearly pay for, but perhaps instead as a mistake of a different variety, an inadvertent error. Hmm. So, 
there you go. I find it hard to believe it was intentional. I think it could have been somebody that was loose and stupid. Well, that's one thing to think about it. That cautious mindset would hang over Trump's deliberations throughout the day as he huddled several times with his national security team, weighing a range of options for U.S. retaliatory action. And after shedding those advisors who warned him of the consequences of withdrawing from the Iran nuclear deal, former sec- that would be... You know, former Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, former Defense Secretary James Madison, former National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster all said that they wanted to stay in the Iran nuclear deal. But the president found himself uh, surrounded by uh, uh, Iran hawks, people who want to be tough on Iran, including John Bolton, who uh, used to be the U.N. ambassador under... George W. Bush. Uh, he's been around for a while. John Bolton has, and he is. If you want to say so, he's 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 all about war and getting involved in places and stuff like that. I don't much care for him. Anyway, the president's national security advisor, John Bolton, led the charge in recommending that the president move forward to the military strikes. Of course, he did, because he's an asshole. And Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Vice President Mike Pence also supported moving forward with strikes. So it's interesting that Trump decided not to do that. The recommendation to the president was strike three Iranian military targets, a set of radars, and military battery or missile batteries in a pre-dawn coordinated attack, according to a U.S. official. Um, they felt that this would be an appropriate response to Iran's downing of the drone. Um, telling the, the let's see, tellingly, the official noted that the that the uh, unanimous decision on how to respond to Iran prece- preceded the president's decision to call off the strikes, which was something. So Trump's going against his advisors. They wanted a national security advisor and even the president or the vice president and and the secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, they were all on board with military strikes and he decided against it. So as the president faced down to decision time, he was once again surrounded by these advisors, handpicked by the way, who encouraged him to take a hardline stance on Iran from pulling out of the nuclear deal to imposing a series of crippling sanctions against the Iran regime and are now pushing for the U.S. to level serious consequences on Iran for downing the U.S. drone. So here's the thing. Uh, we don't have to do business with Iran, but we do. So my idea is, as a libertarian, let's not send a bunch of millions of dollars of drones and bombs and put people in harm's way and kill people in another country that, you know, uh, Habib, who's joined the Iranian military because he's trying to get his family up out of some poverty and he happens to be stationed at this missile base and and suddenly he's sitting there playing a game of tic-tac-toe with uh, Mohammed. And now Habib and Mohammed are instantly dead because we bombed the shit out of them for something that was made a decision from a thousand miles away. So, I like the idea. I like that he didn't he didn't go ahead and do it. Uh, in arguing for a military response, Bolton. 
told the president that failing to punish the regime, regime would be uh, viewed as permission for Iran to continue to behave badly. All right, let's see what Fox News has to say. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever wondered what it's like to be a paramedic or an emergency medical technician or what they bitch about on a daily basis? Well, I've got just the show for you. It's the Shift Ender Podcast with my buddy Drew McSalty and his cohort, Morton Salt. They are some salty medics and EMTs. I'm just going to tell you right now, if you want to know what it's like, check them out. Shift Ender Podcast. Now, Fox News has a uh, different take on this. It talks about how Iran has responded to any of these things. So, Iran says it will respond firmly to U.S. aggression amid retaliatory cyber attack aborted missile strike. So, evidently... Fox has decided to see how Iran reacts to this, and CNN was more concentrated on how the president reacted to the whole thing. Interesting, interesting that they would take those two different tacks. But anyway, let's go on and see what Fox News has to say about it. Iran cautioned Saturday, of course they cautioned, because they think they're badasses. They're not, really. That it will... quote firmly respond to any aggression or threat by the u.s a warning that comes after president trump aborted a military attack while a u.s cyber team carried out a retaliatory digital strike against the regime 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 regimen regime regime that word regime anyway uh interesting that cnn didn't bring up the cyber attacks but anyway iran foreign ministry spokesman abbas uh, musavi abbas musavi reiterated the regime's position that it will confront any threats by the u.s over the shooting down of an unmanned u.s navy drone by the islamic republic regardless of any decision the u.s officials might make We will not allow any of Iran's borders to be violated. They did argue, by the way, as a little side note, that that drone was inside their airspace. And clearly it was not, but they also claim airspace that uh, by international law is not recognized. But anyway, he said, uh, regardless of any decision that they make, we will not allow any of Iran's borders to be violated. Iran will firmly confront any aggression or threat by America, he said, according to the semi-official Tasnim news agency. The comment comes in the wake of heightened tensions in the region that put Washington and Tehran on the brink of war. Hmm. Trump said Friday that he had halted the strike just 10 minutes prior because of the projected casualty loss, saying that it wasn't a proportionate response to Iran previously shooting down an American military drone. The uh, Twitter-in-chief said on Twitter, which he's prone to do, proportionate to shooting down an unmanned drone, I am in no hurry. Our military is rebuilt, new and ready to go, by far the best in the world. Sanctions are biting and never more and never added and more added last night. Sorry about that. 
Sanctions are biting and more added last night. Iran can never have nuclear weapons, not against the USA and not against the world. Ten minutes before the strike, I stopped it. Iran claimed the U.S. drone on Thursday was over Iranian airspace when it was shot down, but American officials stated unequivocally the incident occurred in international airspace. State Department officials also decried pure Iranian propaganda reports based solely on the Iranians' comments that claimed Trump warned Tehran in a message through Oman that a U.S. attack on Iran was imminent. Reports that a message was passed last night to the Iranians via an Omani back channel are completely false. These reports are pure Iranian propaganda. Iran needs to meet our diplomacy with diplomacy, State Department spokesman wrote in a tweet. I love how the government runs off Twitter now. Uh, so basically what they're saying is is that uh, we need diplomacy. And it's if that was Iran's goal, as mentioned in the CNN article, to... Uh, get the United States to the negotiating table because they are being pinched by these sanctions that we've placed on them, then it appears to be working. And while the military airstrike was called off, U.S. Cyber Command, I didn't even know we had a U.S. Cyber Command. U.S. Cyber Command, saving America through the digital world. I just made it up. I thought it was cool. Launched a digital strike against Iranian spy group on Thursday. This was according to Yahoo News, which, you know, look, I'm just going to say that's according to Yahoo News. A news organization named Yahoo seems a little weird to me. But anyway, the spy group is close to the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, a terrorist-designated entity, a reported supported the uh, Limpet mine attacks on two oil tankers in the Strait of Hormuz. That's how you say that, Hormuz. That's where almost all of the world's oil comes in and out of, by the way, is the Strait of Hormuz. It's like, you got to go that way. You can't fly oil out. It's got to go through tankers. It's too heavy. So additional details about the digital response weren't available Though private American cyber groups have said the Iranian state-sponsored hackers are targeting U.S. organizations, adding Iran's response against the U.S. will likely be executed in cyberspace. So we're going to have cyber wars, I guess. Do you want to play a game? Is that ringing any bells to anybody? No? Matthew Broderick? Ali Sheedy? War Games? 1984? No? Just me? Okay. The question is whether or not this intelligence collection associated with the conflict, or if it's something more aggressive, like laying the groundwork for a destructive or disruptive attack. This is according to John Holtquist, director of intelligence analyst at cybersecurity company FireEye Incorporated, and he told this to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, we already talked about this, but we'll go ahead and read this. The UN, U.S.-Iran confrontation has been boiling since Trump backed out of the Obama-era nuclear deal in May of 2018, but the tensions reached a fever pitch in recent week, weeks after two oil tankers were attacked, supposedly by Iranian forces as the regime flexed its muscles over tough sanctions that caused its currency to drop by about 60% on the world market in 12 months while food and drug prices 
are up 40 to 60 percent respectively iran is currently also seeking to renegotiate the nuclear deal with european countries arguing that the deal must be approved amid U.S. sanctions or the regime will be enriching uranium up to 20%, just a step below the weapons-grade level. So that's what Fox has to say about it. Uh, they also have a little thing here, and I've not read it, but let's read it together. So Fox has this article about what Iran's capabilities might be. It says, Inside Iran's deadly armory and its capabilities to fight the U.S. In the hours after Iran is said to have downed a 125, I, say, I think I said 160, but it's $125 million U.S. surveillance drone over international waters with a surface-to-air missile, despite Tehran's vehement denials, President Trump gave the green light to retaliatory, retaliatory military strikes before uh, later ordering a halt amid alarming spike in tensions. Also, he didn't want to kill 150 people over a drone. And that, to me, is a measured thing. And I'm glad he didn't do it. The inflammatory incident, which comes on the heels of escalating rhetoric between Washington and Tehran, after apparent sabotage, uh, other apparent sabotage vessels attacks has many U.S. lawmakers and officials still fearing some form of military confrontation may be inevitable. Uh, Iran has two military institutions. First is Artesh, or the regular armed forces, Army, Navy, and Air. And then there's the Revolutionary Guard, or the IRGC, with its own separate chain of command and force structure. Most of this subterfuge and malicious activities... Um, in the Middle East that can be attributed to Iranian actors is the work of the IRGC, or the Revolutionary Guard, said uh, Miguel Miranda, an expert analyst in military technology in Asia. And now, Iran has a colorful arsenal, and much of it is obviously dated but still functional. Old CH-47 Chinook helicopters and M-60 Patton tanks this is American technology, by the way. Immediately come to mind. Is that uh, what the Artesh are stuck with? But he cautioned since the 1990s, Iran's state-owned military-industrial sector, the military-industrial complex, I added that, has, been has made steady progress in four particular areas and is now a regional leader alongside Israel and Turkey when it comes to unmanned systems, small arms, light weapons, artillery and ballistic missiles, and other guided musicians. Iran has demonstrated it can launch dozens of road mobile short-range ballistic missiles that targets beyond its borders. In other words, this is like a truck pulls up and you've seen the, the thing on TV where the truck's got the missile thing and it sticks up and they shoot missiles off the bed of the truck. That's what they're talking about. 
Uh, recent innovations include a cruise missile, likely patterned on a Soviet design with a range exceeding 1,200 miles, which could put it striking a lot of different places from their borders and even have to cross over. Iran's missile technology and ability to manufacture these is far more advanced than any Arab state. Iran can mass-produce short, medium, and long-range anti-aircraft missiles based on reverse-engineered Chinese, Russian, and U.S. models. Also take into consideration that even if they don't, build nuclear weapons which that's what they're they're talking about they do have the ability to enrich uranium they could put uh nuclear uh they could put isotopes on there and make it dirty bombs even if it's not going to cause a nuclear explosion it could still cause exposure and that would even the, whatever the bomb does plus the exposure in the cleanup would make it a horrible thing uh, while Iran has been party to the treaty on the non-proliferation of nuclear weapons, or the NPT, for almost four decades, it is not a member of the missile technology control regime, nor the Hague Code of Conduct against ballistic missile proliferation. Since the 1979 revolution and the imposition of heavy Western sanctions, this is when, in the 1970s, some of you may or may not recall that the Iranians had a regime change. The Shah of Iran was dethroned. The Ayatollah Khomeini came in, took over. Students uh, at a university in Iran took uh, 11 U.S. hostages. They were held for 444 days under the president, uh, Jimmy Carter. And the day after Reagan took the day that Reagan took office, he told them, as soon as I'm sworn in, we're getting those people out and uh wouldn't you know it like two hours before he took the oath of office they released the hostages just like that them hostages were released but anyway um i'm gonna try to quit saying but anyway but anyway so Coupled with the devastating 1980s war with bordering Iraq, that went on for, I think, 11 years. They fought Iraq and Iran, and we were feeding both sides, really. Iran has been battling a feeble economy and tight restrictions when it comes to easily advancing its weapons cachet the way most others in the region may have been able to do. Thus, much of Iran's depository is said to be locally made with abundant government funding to spend on everything from importing tools and parts to developing factories with a little help from the outside according to john wood an analyst and author of russia the asymmetric threat to the united states iran acquires a majority of its equipment and expertise from Russia and China, along with acquiring technology through the black market, especially from Eastern Europe and North Korea, as well as through clandestine operations in Western Europe. While the UN conventional arms embargo has somewhat helped limit what Iran can access abroad, through official channel, it expires in October 2020, rendering an open question as to whether Iran can then purchase more state-of-the-art weaponry from bordering, from a broader array of players. So, Iran, not everybody's bitch. They have a lot of shit. Granted, it's a little dated, but that don't mean that it can't be effective. You know, uh, you can get a fast car today, or a but, you know, you get one from 1950s, it can still go fast too. 
So, you know, technology, just because it's old technology doesn't mean it's not going to work. So that's what that's that's the little side article from Fox uh, about that. I thought that was interesting. Uh, we just read that together. So, you know, hey, yay us. Okay, so that's news versus news today. And I think actually I'm I'm going to I'm going to really, I'm going to give this to CNN. I know that Fox had a lot of information, but I feel like that CNN really covered the struggle that the president had. And to me, that was the bigger story, not how Iran responded, because that initial response may or may not be how they respond in, in a month from now or even a week. So... I'm I'm more interested in how that President Trump came to the decision not to bomb Iran, which I thought was a good decision. I've said that repeatedly in this episode, and I truly believe that. So today, news versus news, the champ today is CNN. So that's what I think. All right. We're going to take a little break, and we'll come back with a little weird Tennessee news. Weird Tennessee is brought to you by my buddy Mike Woods and Weird Tennessee on Facebook. And this time, it's not crossful. Can you believe it? Believe it. Dateline, Knoxville, Tennessee. A Knoxville man is arrested after a human torso is found in his car. A Knoxville man is charged with vehicular homicide after a severed torso was found in his car during a traffic stop early Sunday morning. Doray Johnson, 29, is also charged with evading arrest and driving while license revoked. Arrest paperwork shows that around 3.30 a.m. Sunday, an officer stopped Johnson's vehicle on Paper Mill Drive for failing to maintain his lane on Interstate 40. As the officer walked toward the vehicle, the report says Johnson yelled out the window that he had to get to his family home, and he sped off. I ain't got time for your bullshit. I'm out of here. So, he drove out. Officer pursued. Johnson went down Sutherland Avenue exit. The officer noticed that Johnson hit a curb and blew out a tire while going the wrong way on the roadway. Then he crossed the yellow fog line and hit a utility pole. The report says Johnson then got out of the vehicle and started running. The officer caught up with him and took him into custody. The officer noticed that Johnson smelled of alcohol, there's a surprise, and had bloodshot, watery eyes and was staggering. Johnson admitted that he was, quote, blitzed no kidding i bet he had two beers two great big old beers when the officer went to turn off the ignition to the car he spotted spotted a severed torso severed torso in the passenger floorboard that was missing its lower half the officer then asked johnson who was in the car with him johnson responded that he had a passenger he that he had been the passenger but he had switched seats and became the driver the officer found the rest of the victim's body at the scene of the impact including his wallet and revealed to be a man named Daryl Eugene Butler 
Officers believe Butler was a pedestrian who was hit on the roadway and killed by Johnson. Johnson was also charged with public intoxication. And that, my friends, is a little bit of weird Tennessee. Macabre, creepy, weird, Derek's Heretics Podcast, available everywhere podcasts can be found. The Unknown Redneck's not with us today in our mobile studios, so we're going to have a classic unknown redneck update from september of 2018 hope you all enjoy up next is the unknown redneck and we're going to get an update on what's going on in his life we'll see how his stove fund's doing i guess see you in a few hey friends it's unknown redneck back again we're going to tell you a little bit what's going on this weekend. Cheryl Dunn told me that I shouldn't sit around complaining all the time about Kurt Angle standing there and playing them devilish video games. And she said, unless I was going to do something about it. And you know what? I got to thinking about that, and I said, you know, you're right. So what I did is I got Kurt Angle. Me and him's going to go fishing this evening. We're going to go down there at the lake. We're going to wet a hook, as they say, and see what we can catch. And if we don't catch nothing, I hope we catch a good time. And I'm going to get him out of the house if it's the last thing I do. Because he sits in there and plays him old video. Well, I start down that road again. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to say I'm going to try to do something better and do better uh, uh, for him. So I guess it's a failure on my part. If I let him in there doing that stuff and I pay for it all and that sort of thing, then I guess it's partly my fault. I can't blame him for that. So we're going to get out. We're going to go down there and fishing. I guess uh, maybe this evening if we catch any fish, I'll show him how to clean them. Because I'm sure he don't know how unless there's some kind of video game that's got fishing on it. And if there's fishing, I'm sure there ain't no part on it where you learn how to clean the fish. Anyhow, we ain't going to have to spend no money because we're going to fish in a pond. And we're just going to use a hook and a worm. And I reckon that don't cost nothing, thank goodness. Because, you know, the government's all about paying, making us pay for everything going around here. But anyhow, we're going to go down there and fish a little while. And I think Starla Jean and Cheryl's actually going to go out and try to do a little extra Christmas shopping before it gets too late. They're going to go out and do, do a little early Christmas shopping. Well, that's going to probably put a little dent in the stove fund because I know how they are whenever they go out, you know. But maybe they want to get everything done a little quicker and that sort of thing. And get Kurt Angle one of them video games and then they're done. That's all they had to do for him. They make him plumb happy. But anyhow, that's a little short update. This is the weekend, you know. We, we're just trying to have a little family time. And, you know, I don't work in there much on Saturdays from the woodworking shop. But sometimes I have to. But I didn't have to this weekend. And uh, Starla Jean was off this weekend. Didn't have to make biscuits, dinner, tarties. And so her and Mama's going out, and they're going to shop a little bit, and me and Kurt Angle's going to go fishing, and I guess we'll just try to make a good time. I'll let you know if we catch anything and see if it, see if it tastes good or not and how good a job Kurt Angle did there. Anyhow, it's so known redneck. You know where I am. It is time for my shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to Shift Ender Podcast, a great podcast my buddy Drew McSalty does about EMS life, and they 
what they bitch about, what they deal with, where they go, what they do. They've started adding a new segment, him and Morton Salt, about how many ambulance calls are actually justified. That's pretty interesting on my part. I, uh, as a paramedic, I'm I'm always interested in stuff like that. But, you know, the layperson, you might be interested in it too. I, I highly recommend that uh, podcast. I also recommend Derek's Heretics. Uh, he has weird, strange stuff going on over there. I think he's going to have a podcast here pretty soon about Area 51, maybe even Bob Lazar, who's a guy that claims that he worked there. That sort of thing kind of interests me. So uh, I'm sure if you're into weird stuff, you're probably it's probably why you're listening to my podcast, and so you'd probably like that too. Don't forget Weird Tennessee on Facebook, Mike Woods' page. Uh, it's a good place to get a little information. Also, the Tennessee Libertarian Party, they have a Facebook page. Being a libertarian, I suggest you go over and check it out. You might be more libertarian than you think. Uh, there is a, uh, a couple of online tests. I don't have the um, the links to them right now. I may put them in, in the description um, later whenever I edit this out, but... Uh, you can go on and actually test and see where you stand politically. You may be surprised by that. Uh, also, don't forget that uh, you can listen to all of these podcasts on any of the places that you could find podcasts. But most of the people listen on uh, Apple Podcast app and iTunes. Just FYI, during this shout out, let's just say this: iTunes is going to go away. But don't be scared if you have an iPhone because they're just going to break it up. It's going to become Apple Music, Apple TV, and Apple Podcast. Nothing will change. You'll still be able to get podcasts. You'll still be able to get my podcast, Derek, Derek's Heretics, uh, Shift Interpod, all these things. They'll all still be available. So that's a little shout-out. And it's time, I guess, we'll go on to the end of the show. Stand by for that. Thank you for listening to Kevin's Podcast Show. I am your host, Kevin Marshall. If you want to reach me, folks, you can get me at Kevin's Podcast Show at gmail.com. You can also get me at Podcast Kev, Podcast Kevin, I'm sorry, at Podcast Kevin on Facebook, at Podcast Kevin on Twitter. Pretty active on Twitter, pretty active on Facebook. I'll respond to any email. You can also come right here on the Anchor app and you can leave me a voicemail. Uh, also, don't forget that we're also on Breaker, and we're on Spotify, and we're on Bullhorn. We're on all kinds of different podcast apps. Podcoin, there's a lot of reasons to use Podcoin. If you want to use the Podcoin app, what you do is you go in and use the promo code KEVIN, and you get some free coins. And once you build up so much, you can get yourself a, a little gift card to, you know, like uh, different places like Dunkin' Donuts or... Or something like that, or Amazon, or 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 you can opt to be a uh, a good guy or gal and save up some money and uh, on your listening time. The way Podcorn works is every time you listen, you earn coins. You build up those coins. You get yourself a a little card, and you can spend it yourself. Use it at Amazon or whatever, or you can give it to charity. And that's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. So you can use uh, promo code Kevin and 
uh, get yourself some bonus coins. Start listening on PodCoin. Or if you're worried about your data, and I realize a lot of people do worry about their data, and you want to save your data up instead of listening to podcast, you want to watch Netflix or whatever or some YouTube stuff. I, I get it. I understand. It's not, not not a big deal. You know how you do that? Use the Bullhorn app. The Bullhorn app is really cool because you can actually call an individual number for each podcast. And, of course, calling somebody doesn't use your data, and it doesn't cost you anything because you've got unlimited minutes. You know you do. you got unlimited calling. You can call anywhere in the, in the United States. These are local phone numbers. You call, and you can listen to my podcast. Or you can listen to Derek's Heretics. Or you can listen to the Shift Ender podcast. And all of it's available on the Bullhorn app. So... No matter how you slice it, it's a great way. You can go to PodCoin, earn you some PodCoins, and either send it to charity or earn yourself a little gift card. You can use Bullhorn to avoid any kind of data usage, or you can continue listening the way you're listening now. Either way, this is what I want you to do. Go out and tell a friend. That friend can tell a friend and so forth and so on and spread the love over the entire world. Let everybody know how big of a KPS fan you are. And to the dozens and dozens of the KPS faithful out there, thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much. That's the end of the show today from our mobile studios. And until next time, it is deuces and duck lips.